1: This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with FreeBets.com, Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. Always a pleasure, the Monday Club returns. It is the 8th of January, Gareth A. Davies. Not too early for a little vape, not too early for a little shirt and a chain. How are we, Geez?
0: Very well, thanks, Cheeky. Very well indeed. Very well indeed. We, Monday Club. The Monday, the Monday Club, is that what it is called now, I think so. I
1: feel like this is we've had to uh alternate from Mondays for the last couple of weeks, but that's because there was no normality. You know, there's that sort of period between Christmas and the New Year, and no one really knows what day of the week it is. Now we're back in the mix of things. I think Monday Club has resumed.
0: Yes, absolutely. I How thought you normally take Mondays off. I, I you and I normally take Mondays off, don't we?
1: Well, it depends if I have a fight week. But we never really take days off, do we? There's always something going on.
0: There's never a day off, as you will learn, for the next 40 years of your life, probably. Um, and although there's, you can't take January the 15th off because it's going to be a uh, a week today. It's going to be uh, Joshua and Nagano in London, isn't it? You well, coming? That is,
1: I am indeed. And that is the reason, of course... Uh, well, one of the reasons that we're talking this morning, we uh, we speculated about it last week, but it has come to fruition. We know that the Saudi Arabian uh, sort of delegates and the people in charge of it, all Turkey Al shake, this was the fight that they wanted after Deontay Wilder's loss on the day of reckoning card. Just firstly, little bits of criticism as there always are in boxing, but I think Tyson fought him obviously wasn't the best Tyson Fury in there financially now for the both of them. And in terms of big spectacles, this is the next biggest thing, right?
0: Um. Well, look, Nagano's definitely a player now in the heavyweight division in terms of seeing him matched up with people. I mean, it's quite—it's a fun fight, isn't it? But there's a bit of jeopardy there because of his performance against Tyson Fury. So, you know, Joshua's got to go in there and dominate against a guy that looks like a big old rock in there look like an immovable object he's very strong you can't lean on him joshua doesn't fight that way either um so it's going to be a standoff in terms of the way they they fight each other he's got to go out there and, and dominate and try and you know chop down the big oak tree if you like against nganu who again no one's calling it an exhibition anymore are they uh, have you noticed that? So, But people are just complaining that he's not fighting Julie Zhang or that he's not fighting Joseph Parker again or that he's not fighting Hergovich. Um, but, you know, it, it's a really fun fight. And, you know, as we expect, I think Joshua almost really announced this. It's going to be March the 8th on a Friday. Friday, yeah. Because obviously Ramadan's on Sunday, isn't it? Um, which one of your rivals pointed out to me the other day and that's why they're doing it on a Friday. So we spill in, into the Saturday and then obviously the, the Islamic, Islamic process of um, adherence to, to Ramadan will go on then on the Sunday, um, which is fascinating in itself. Um, I have no issues with this fight. Um, yes, I'd love to have seen him fight Hergovic as well, but I think that will come Um but it's, it's still, what's nice is that we've gone into the new year. We're a week in and we're getting the fights announced thick and fast again. I'm sure we'll get a lot more fights announced for the February and March cards. Um, you know, in, in the next week or two.
1: Um, do you think, sort of, before we sort of dissect the uh, Joshua and Garnu fight as a whole, but a likely timeline of events and, and timescale for 2024 now, obviously we're going to see the two bouts between Tyson Fury and Alexander Russick, but then we see this Joshua and Garnu fight, and then if he is indeed the victor, we then perhaps, when... You know, within a couple of weeks or a month, or, or of the uh, Tyson Fury Usyk rematch happening, we maybe see Anthony Joshua versus Philip Hergovic for that vacant IBF. We expect them belts to be fragmented.
0: Yeah, I'd see that in the summer. Um, you know, given four months between fights, perhaps so you're looking at July and August for those two rematches. If you, sorry, the rematch with Usyk and and uh, Fury. And then the fight between Hergovich and uh, and Joshua, if, if that comes to fruition, but th- those will be you know midsummer, m- mid late summer fights. Where they are is going to be interesting, perhaps you know, or will one of those be saved for the beginning of the Riyadh season in, in this year? Um, don't know about that, but if they want those guys to have three fights a year, which I think is fantastic, then we would see this time next year. Um, Joshua against AJ. If um, Joshua against Fury. If if the if they win, then their next two fights. Remember, but I mean it's back on. Um, you know, what, what Wilder and Joshua is dead in the water after that performance by Wilder. And I think what's fascinating now is how quickly, because of my lights flashing here a little bit. Hang on a sec. Um, um, because. These fights are now being made. I'm going to turn this off, Charlie. Hang on. I know it's a bit dark now, but I'm just—it's just flashing this light a little bit, and it's uh, probably going to disrupt the uh, the flow. But um, no, if, if because these fights are now being made with speed, there there is we're we're, we're back to two or three years ago. Frankly, um, you know, there there has been time where the money, the ego, the timing wasn't there, and now we've got the money. The egos have gone out the window and and the timing is right so i mean I, re- I fully expect it to be 18 months of the most exciting fights in the heavyweight division now there are so many great matchups to be had um and and you know and, and Naganu's in that mix because of what he did against tyson fury well, Gareth, let me ask you then, because uh,
1: you mentioned Deontay Wilder and the setback faced in his loss to Joseph Parker. Uh, perhaps about with Gillet Zhang is potentially being discussed. Do you know how sort of authentic these talks are? It would be a fight that I'd be, you know, we'd be quite surprised to see Deontay Wilder take so quickly off the back of the loss on the day of reckoning. However, opportunity knocks, the money is clearly there. He probably needs activity in all honesty. Uh, a very, very tough opponent, but he's sort of come out and said, look, I'm, I would like the fight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that fight may well be on that March card. Um, and like you say, it's a tough turnaround for Deontay. didn't look the threatening force that he has been in the past. Um, he'll want to right the wrongs, rectify that in lots of ways. Um, brilliant performance. Let's take nothing away from Joseph Parker, as we've kept saying, spoke to Joseph on Saturday night on Talk Sports actually and he's in great frame of mind waiting for his fifth child to be born um, out in a very envious backdrop of palm trees and sea in the background of him uh, when he was there on Saturday night in Samoa Um, he's in the prime of his life so and and I think it was a prime performance, arguably the best performance of his career nullifying the dangers of of Deont- Deontay Wilder. But if, if Deontay Wilder is going to get back on track, then maybe it is good for him to get on back on the horse straight away and, and ride again, you know. So um, it's still a difficult fight. Zhang's hittable, though, mm. um, uh, but but also awkward. Um, and, you know, people are making that argument that Deontay struggled against the elite fighters he's boxed. Tyson Fury, Luis Ortiz... Um, and now Joseph Parker, people that can box, um, and he struggled against them. Um, but that that was certainly, you know, if, if, if that was the worst Tyson Fury we've seen against Francis Ngannou, that's probably the worst Deontay Wilder we've seen in, in many ways. So, look, if he wants to fight still, I think we should give him that leeway and back him and say, let's... See the great Deontay Wilder back. And if he does look great against Zhang and he knocks Zhang out, and Zhang's 40, remember, um, you know, it's it's a battle between a, a near 39-year-old and a 40-year-old. So, you know, it's a, it's a battle of the oldies, really. Um, if he gets back and he looks spectacular, people will be saying, right, let's see Joshua again. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um or, or let's see a rematch of Parker or, you know, so there's loads of options at the moment. And this is something I was pointing out a couple of days ago, that because there's so many heavyweight fights on one card at the moment, you've got a whole acceleration of of events in many ways. So, you know, there were like four main events on that card in terms of heavyweight boxing, maybe five, so that you've got an acceleration of, Matchups that can be made going forward all the time yeah exactly it's very
1: exciting it is um let's just quickly go back to anthony joshua when he fights francis and he will have had three fights in 11 months now i use aj as an example but we are starting to see more activity and it's almost what we've been calling for for so long we we, you know you always reference to sort of the the older eras and fighters fighting you know even more than sort of four times within 11 months and stuff like that, but it's so refreshing to see fighters being active, they probably want to be active, they're paying what they demand in this current market. Um, is it do you think this is the way moving forward? What being active in terms of like, but that's really active, right? Seeing Joshua fight four times within 11 months if, if someone said this to us perhaps a year ago, we probably would have laughed.
0: No, but I think it it's what he's talked about all the time wants to be active this is this is the prime of his career um he, these guys don't get these years back i think let's do it now i mean obviously there there are there, there's a lot of money for them to be made at the moment but 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 also um i just think fighters prefer it when they're really active i i never hear boxers saying i want to be inactive um, you know um, and I think I, I don't think it is the way forward Canelo was really successful in that spell he was having four fights a year um, look what he achieved in that time um, no I like it I, I think for Joshua in particular activity is really key for him I mean I doubt whether he had many injuries uh, from the Wallin fight so that's why he'll be ready for March Um and you know all going well against nagano but who knows what's going to happen with nagano that might be a a bruising affair you know he he's hittable nagano is going to hold his ground he probably won't do too much differently to to what he did against tyson fury and he will probably he might even be more aggressive in this fight again if i was coaching nagano for this training nagano i'm sure mike tyson john mabomba and, uh, um, and Dewey Cooper will look to try and exploit that space that Joshua doesn't fill. He obviously was very, he, he's very aggressive and, and 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 controlled the space against Otto Valin. I think Naganu will try and step into the space. It could be a very thrilling fight. And again, I see Naganu very dangerous in the first three or four rounds. Very dangerous. Joshua
1: goes in as a one to five favourite. Now everyone sort of laughs. One
0: to seven with some with some of the bookies. One to seven. Do you think do you think that's that's too much? I mean look, it's no. it's, it's so... No, I don't. No, I don't. I I sorry to interrupt. No, I don't. I think we almost know what Nagan is gonna do. We know he's very durable. We know he's got an engine. We know that Fury couldn't lean all over him. We know that he's got incredible self-belief as a boxer. He holds his shape well. He switched to southpaw very well. But look, in MMA, he, I always considered him much more of a striker than a ground guy. That's where um, that's where he had his losses. Was on the ground. Stipe Miocic climbed all over him like a, like a tribe on the, on a giant elephant, if you like. He had to no, – that's the way I remember describing it at the time. Steep had to get his back and just control him the whole time. No one's ever smashed Naganu up. And when he fought Derek, Derek Lewis – do you remember that fight with Derek Lewis? I don't. He had a 15-minute fight with Derek Lewis. I was there live. The, the Black Beast Derek Lewis, as he's known. That's his ring sobriquet or his cage sobriquet. They threw 18 punches at each other collectively in 15 minutes because they both stood off each other. It was weird. In the end, you got to the third round and you actually didn't want them to throw a punch because you wanted it to be the least or strike because you wanted it to be the least active fight in in MMA history. Um, So no one's ever smashed Francis up. He's a tough cookie. So there is jeopardy in this fight. He went, it was a majority decision for Fury, remember, as well, over those 10 rounds. It's not like he's got to go 12, he's got 10 rounds. I think there's dangers in this fight. Um, and I think the reason Joshua's taken it, sorry, and I, the final one, I think the reason Joshua's taken it, the, the Saudi Arabians, the team putting it all together, Queensbury, Spencer Brown, the Warrens, I think um, they... Might have taken Hergovic, but I bet you they're getting a ton more money for fighting Nagano.
1: Am I being naive in saying in hindsight now, after looking at Tyson Fury's performance, I know he came out and he said no excuses, whatever, but I just feel like when we see Tyson Fury versus Alexander Rusick, we're not going to see the same Tyson Fury that fought Francis and Garnet. And then Anthony Joshua's improvements under Ben Davison in the Otto Wallin fight. It would it still be fair to to be quite confident in, in a, a fairly dominant Anthony Joshua performance?
0: Against Naganu. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think so. But he's got to go out there and do it. He's got to step in, jab. He's got to move well. He's got to close the distance. He's got to come back out again. He's got to show his IQ. Look, he's got a better IQ than Francis Ngannou at boxing. There's no question about that. Um. You know the the, the thing is, we, we, when we when we critique these guys at this very elite level, um, you know, we, we we're critiquing the finer points of what they can do. Um, Joshua Ben Davison is a great strategist there's no doubt about it, he showed that in the Otto Volume fight, I know people saying now that oh, Otto Valin was useless but Joshua had to go out there and impose himself and he did step in, jab, the left hook off the hook, off the jab, um, he looked like he knew exactly what his game plan was and they'll have exactly the same for Naganu. they've got data on Naganu now, there was no data on Naganu uh, in terms of a boxing match for um, for Tyson Fury, in fact, in a lot of the clips, he looked awful. Yeah, um, there was so much talk remember, about his pad
1: work in the build-up.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I remember Dewey Cooper telling me out in Riyadh. Yeah, but that some of those were filmed at the end of a like a two-hour session when he was absolutely exhausted, and that you know maybe there was a bit of um, trickology going on there, a bit of kidology going on, and it wouldn't have surprised me. Uh, they're smart people. His team are very, very smart. Eric as well, his coach. Um, so there's, there's. I think there's serious jeopardy in this fight. I think there are real dangers for Anthony Joshua. That's why I'm excited about it. And that, and that's why you've got to be careful. He he should dominate Nagano, but but let's see. Nagano's got his own. I keep using this expression: amazing narrative arc in his life where he's got this amazing, dramatic story to tell. So don't write him off.
1: Queensbury, Frank Warren, we know the, the main promoter, along with sort of Gold Star and um, Spencer Brown. Uh, when, when speaking to Eddie, sort of uh, actually highlighted being in a room with, with Turkey and, and Frank. They just Turkey sort of said to them, look, put all of this aside. We want to make the biggest fights happen. They seem to be quite relishing it. Now, we know that money talks and... You know, you see the photo of, of of the of the two of them together a, a, alongside Turkey, and and once again, it's another one of those moments where you think, "Wow, twelve months ago, we can never imagine this thing." Does this last past Saudi Arabia? You know, we always needed the opportunity for these guys to have an opportunity to cooperate, right? Does it? Does it go further than money? You know, Eddie comes out and says, "You know what? Like, I may not always agree with everything Frank does in a business sense and stuff like that, but when we actually had the opportunity to be together, they actually they said they 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 didn't mind it. They 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 quite enjoyed it. Well,
0: I think oh. the respect is going to be there now, and which I mean. When people spend time together, look, they, they're going to do business together. Money talks, it's a professional sport. Money talks, so it's a sport. It's a business as much as it is a sport, always. We must never forget that, particularly in the heavyweight division and with the megastars of the sport. It's a business, you know, and it is about pay-per-view numbers and it's about purses and it's about – and the purses are big at the moment. They're always going to work together. Um, you know, when you, when you look at – as long as you've got Shelly Finkel in the mix with Deontay Wilder – um, you had Dimitri Salita with Otto Valin and and um and Jarrell Miller. Mm. Um, and then you've got Eddie Hearn and 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 Frank Warren and Bob Arum. Once you've got all those guys working together, you've got all the heavyweights in the world. So pretty much. So it's really good they're working together. It will cement relationships. George Warren used to speak to Frank Smith anyway, yes. and there was a negotiation that way. I think what you won't get on your channels now is that same Clickbait of them yeah, popping at each other yeah, yeah. the whole time. But maybe they will as well. They're still rivals. It's great to see them together on a personal level. It's great to see them together. I work with both people. Obviously, I've known Frank 30 odd years, and I've always been an admirer of what Frank does in sport. He's an incredible character. Eddie's learning all the time. And what we've got is some parity now of um promoters working together. Um and The money talks. That's the bottom line. Money talks. So they all want their fighters in the mix. They want these fights to happen. These guys, are our top four or five are mid to late 30s now. The fights need to be made. And it's just, it's just a pleasure to see. And I think now, when they have been in a room together more, look, they'll have rivalries in the future, no doubt about it. But I spoke to Bob Aram before Day of Reckoning, and he said even he had a massive rivalry with Don King, but they still worked together at times to, to get the biggest fights on. And when they're sitting in a room together, they, they were cordial with each other. It's part of the pantomime as well. So it wouldn't surprise me for them to have a little dig at each other every now and again. Why wouldn't they? Um, Let me ask you, what's the long-term
1: knock-on effect of all this? How long does this investment from Saudi Arabia go on for? We're hearing rumours last night that Joe Cordina versus Anthony Kakachi is in negotiations, and sort of the response to that. Now, me personally, and once again, I suppose myself and and you'll probably reiterate that we're we're a little bit biased because we're going to be out there and we're going to see these fights and they're going to be on these huge cards a lot of people are coming out and saying well a fight like that really should have a UK headline now if Saudi Arabia are the people putting up the money then of course the fighters go where the money's best right and they go where the best opportunity is for them and if that happens to be the Tyson Fury Alexander Usyk undercard then so be it and and what a big occasion for them however there is that argument of of long term, in terms of what fighters are being paid and stuff like that. What is the knock on effect, and can you understand why people are now worried when a fight like that goes on a you know chief support or wherever it be on the bill of a card like that, rather than having a place in the UK? I
0: don't know. I mean, I, I look. I mean, um. With a fans hat on, of course, you want some of the fights in the UK. I mean, I imagine between Riyadh seasons, we're going to get some fights over here anyway, some of the big fights. It wouldn't surprise me if they were promoted under the auspices of of, of that umbrella still. it um, It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, what are they going to do with the summer fights that we talked about? They could be... Um, they could potentially be over here. No, I think it's just a it's just a rhythm. No one complained when they were going to Vegas, you know. Um, um, it, it's a different. Let's just embrace it. In my view, I, I, I say I, I'm not going as a fan to any of these. This is my work, so um, I don't. It, it, I'm just working. I don't see it as. Um, it's what I've done for a long time, and I see it as work, so I don't see it outside the realm of that. You know, I can't even remember having an evening off when we were out there anyway. I mean, we, we're working. Um No, we had we no time off out there. No, we didn't have it. No, exactly. And I don't think people realise that. I mean, I'd love to have gone for a walk along the, the Riyadh Season Boulevard. Didn't even have a moment to get there and go and do that. Um, um But i think i think um i think the key is to yes um live fans is important um the opportunity for fans travel is important it's very easy to travel there um you apply for the visa. You, you go to the to the season. One of the reasons of the inv- of the investment is to encourage people to go there and see this cultural festival going on the Riyadh season. The, you know the five month festival. Um, I I don't know. You know, there's a 2030 vision that the World Cup's going to be in in saudi arabia in 2034 wouldn't surprise me to see an olympics and a paralympics there in the 2030s um you know i'm about to my eighth paralympic games fourth i'm not going to the olympics yet at the moment i'm doing my eighth summer paralympic games in paris this summer um it's got sport travels all over the world um and i'm not going to get into the business of knocking this movement at the moment because I think it's good for our sport we're getting the fights made because money does talk and investment does talk and the the, the willingness to for, for promoters to come together and TV companies together to share a broadcast it's all working so um, yes we're not travelling to America as much it's not Vegas right now I did a piece of Bob Arum I might have mentioned it to you in a, in a recent interview where you know, there was no sports franchise in Vegas in the 70s and 80s. And yet the hotels put up massive site fees to get people to come, to get the high rollers to come, to get people to come. So I think we will see more fans traveling. I mean, I think Frank Warren mentioned it the other day. There's, there's a lot more bookings from here. Um, as you know, it's a fascinating place to go to. Um, and and in a way, I've when got you're out there, who are going out for Fury sick? I've got quite a few. Yeah, there you sick. go. But you know, in in many ways, being out there, we don't have time to go and explore. But you kind of want to go and explore because it's a, it's a fascinating. But I went to one boulevard for a shisha on the 24th of December. Um, uh, the you walk, I went to with a, with a friend who lives out there, um, and it was fascinating. You know, and and. You know, I mean, I've 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 got my scarf now. I've got my headdress. I've got some different coloured dish dashes. I went for a little shop. Uh, it's it's a it's it's a fascinating place to visit. So, I mean, my, you you asked the question. My answer is um, I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm pleased that an area of the world is investing. It could have been Malaysia. It could have been Hong Kong. It could have been. Um, somewhere else it could have been you know so and and we would be going there but it's just a shift it it, 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 you know I mean it's just it's just the way of the world fighter purses
1: and uh, obviously they're being paid extremely more than what could be paid in the UK and and the US to go over there and that's why the fights are going there does this like is this damaging in in, in sort of 10 sort of 5 to 10 years time and you know, the fighters who have been paid what they're being paid at in Saudi Arabia, then they're asked to fight for, I don't know, three quarters less than that, a half less than that over in UK shores, and then all of a sudden a, a fighter's maybe gonna be like, Well no, I've I've earned this much fight and this is my rate now. Does
0: does it does it affect that? Yeah, but it will, but they'll just have to accept that at some point. I mean, you know, we're throwing ahead here, um, you know, it's just it is what it is Charlie you know I mean I'm not going to be negative about it yes it is going to affect um, payment at some point but you know make hay while the sun shines you know if I the say. work is there <laughs> it, you know it's it, if the work is there you take it um, you know there may not be um, I, I think the investment will be there for at least an, I, I think five to seven more years anyway in my view and at, by that time the sport will have revolutionized. We'll have seen the big fights. I think it'll be flying. I just think it's a, I think it could be a halcyon period for, for the sport of boxing and and mixed martial arts.
1: Well, Gara, finally from me, we saw over the weekend, uh, I suppose, not over the weekend as such, but. Over the last week, Ryan Garcia spending uh, a lot of time with Floyd Mayweather. they went out in Vegas, running with each other. Now, a lot of people quick to say, well, he's doing that to get under Oscar's skin and whatever, but putting all that to one side. Then, at the weekend, Ryan Garcia had a very strange weekend, actually, in in announcing the birth of his child and then announcing a, a divorce and then coming out and announcing that he will no longer be taking the Devin Haney fight. Now, us as fans disappointed of course because it would be a big clash and I think it came down to the financials and whose name should be first and Ryan yep. Garcia said that however from a probably a management side and, and understanding how fighters work we understand that Roly Romero for the WBA strap is the safer bet and probably would have been the more sensible fight to go straight into but um a bit of a whirlwind of a weekend for Ryan Goss here. What what do you make of how, how it's all unfolded?
0: Well, he's in the news, isn't he? I mean, he's doing the right thing. He's a big figure. He he'll always be the golden goose in lots of ways. Uh to those big fights over there, you know, between one hundred forty what's he at this he he's at one forty at the moment, 140 isn't he? now, yeah. He could go to one forty-seven if he had to. He'd probably go back down to lightweight if he wanted to, but um but probably not. He'll probably stay around 140. Yeah. I like the Raleigh Romero fight. I think Devin Haney's is a very tough fight for him at the moment. And um, Haney's flying for me. Um, I'm sure I mentioned it to you. I think he's my fighter of the year uh, in 2023, but, but along with Terence Crawford and Nui. Um But um, yeah, look, he's he's doing the right thing. He's in the mix. Floyd Mayweather knows he's got a huge social media following. They, they're keeping each other relevant in that way. Um, I think Haney would be a very difficult fight.
1: Oh, Gareth, I can't hear you. You've just muted yourself.
0: I've interviewed to do, but I think it's... I, I, look, I'll, I'll, I'll see Garcia fight anyone. I think Roley Romero is a really good fight for him. I think he wins it. Um,
1: Ishmael Barroso with a first-round stoppage over Ahara Davis. We were... As fans, very surprised. Time and time again, that age-old saying in boxing, the power is the last thing that goes, if it ever really goes. Um, sad to see, obviously, bias from a from a British point of view. We like to see our fighters go over and do well. Ahara signed to Golden Boy. It was a big opportunity to get the interim belt and then fight that fight with Rowley. But what do you put it down to now, reflecting on how it unfolded?
0: Well, it's just he got caught by, was it a left hook counter, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And and his his chin was out. He got caught. It was very early in the fight and he couldn't recover. And Ismail Barroso is a proper old pro, even though he's 40. I mean, I did pick O'Hara to win that handily. I mean, I think it's nine years ago that Barroso was was here in the UK. I think it was in Manchester Against fighting Crow. Anthony Crawley. Yeah. I was there that night. Um, and you fully expected O'Hara to, to get the job done. He's got caught. He'll recover. I thought his own social media message afterwards was very strong. Apologising to the fans. He'll be back. He's a very strong character. He's come through a lot. He's very mature now. Um, and he'll handle it. He was caught early in the fight. It can happen to anyone. But I think he was a little bit gung-ho. And his hands were down, weren't they? And he and he, he was taking it to Barroso. And he got caught. Um, and it does happen. It was very dramatic. Um you know, as that was as dramatic, you know, uh, that may well end up being one of the upsets of the year, even though we're only a week into the year. And um, a great performance by Virgil Ortiz, by the way, again, who I really like at 154. And I'm glad he's healthy again because he, I'm a real fan of him and I want to see, see him playing the piano in the ring after a fight. I really do.
1: Um, just lastly from me, then, Callum Smith this week. Big opportunity to uh, upset the apple cart. He's faced inactivity. Viterbiev's faced inactivity. We sort of discussed it last week, so we don't want to go over the same thing. But the fight week is here. As Brits, we always get behind our own. We feel that if there was ever an p- opportunity for Callum to uh, to do it, it would be now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, loads of people want to see, loads of fans will want to see Artur Betabiev against Dimitri Bivol this year. But Callum has a massive opportunity in Canada. Um, He's been inactive for 17 months, not deliberately. Obviously, this fight's been delayed by three or four months because of the um, jaw um, infection uh, that uh, Betabiev had. Um, It's a really good fight. Thrilled to be ringside. It's going to be very, very exciting. Um it's a tough fight for Callum because Betterbev, even when he's hurt, is very dangerous. Um, but he's got the wherewithal to do it. Better bev's thirty-eight now. Um, you wish him all the best. I can't wait to be around them. Um, but I, I just think Better of 19 wins, 19 victories, nineteen knockouts. Um, you know, he's very hard to pick against. But if this is a time to do it, it's now. So it's a great opportunity for Callum. And, and if so, we'll get him against Bivol, I think. But we'll probably get better beer than Bivol this year anyway, seeing how the Saudis want to put them together. But it's a fantastic fight. It really is.
1: Well, Gareth, happy Monday. Thank you, as always, for speaking to us at Boxing Social. Final message to the people. It's a new year. What what motivation can you give them?
0: Um, get out there and get out in the cold and exercise. Run, bike. Get your dry suits on, paddle boards. Now, just enjoy. Oh, you've gone mute again.
1: You've gone mute. I've lost you. Gareth, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I've got to enjoy life. You have to go from there.
0: Absolutely. Cheers, Cheeky. Happy Monday, Club. Cheers, Gareth. Happy Monday. Sports Social Podcast Network.